Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus Podcast. My name is Shane Winnings, and this topic today, this episode is very important, very close to my heart. I saw a demon last week as I was preaching at a youth camp in Idaho, and this demon that I saw affects people of all generations, but right now, I believe that Gen Z and Gen, I believe Gen Alpha is the the next generation behind Gen Z. These two are being targeted. I did an altar call for this particular demonic influence. And around half of the camp came forward. I think there were 70-something kids and there were probably 30 or more that came forward in this altar call. The parents that uh, were present, whose kids came forward, they were weeping. And some of them even told me I had no idea that my child was dealing with this. this. This demonic presence, this demonic voice, this demonic assignment is killing a generation and it has a name. You see, in this altar call, I said, if you have struggled with suicidal thoughts in the last year, you need to come forward. And easily, around half of the camp did. It made me cry. It made everyone cry. Because you see the weight of the trials and the tribulations that we go through. Today, I want to talk about how We can remove power from the demon of suicide and how we can see a generation become suicide-free because suicide is 100% preventable. Amen? So please listen to the end. Let's get equipped to talk about this, to deal with it, and to see the next generations be suicide-free in Jesus' name. Hey, thanks for listening. Our podcast is supported by two amazing organizations. Uh, Our first sponsor is Promise Keepers. We exist to build godly men for a better tomorrow. And I say we because I am a partner with Promise Keepers. And I want to encourage you to follow what we're doing by checking out the PK app in the App Store. Uh, There's Bible plans, devotionals, there's online community, there's virtual events. And a lot of the plans and teachings that you might find, I have had a hand in writing or have recorded. And we'd be honored if you would Uh, download that app and stay up to date with us. We also have some in-person events coming up at the end of this year and next year. Very excited about those. Aligned Mortgage also is one of our sponsors. So grateful for them. Listen, for 60 seconds, if you're a veteran and you're looking to get into a new home and you need a home loan, this is the place to go. Aligned is not like some big bank. They're not even like USAA, which I have and I love. Aligned, I've had a much better experience, to be honest. Because they're not just some big bank, they will listen to your story and they will work with you as best they can to get you in a home. Listen to this. One of their mottos is uh, to help veterans own a piece of the land that they defended. I think that is so cool. When I think about it, I was like, you know, I did help defend a piece of this country and now I get to own a piece of it. I'm so grateful to them. And the reason they do this is because 85% of veterans don't use their VA loan. 85%. 
that's almost nine out of every 10 people don't use it. And we believe it's because people don't know about it. They don't know they have it. They don't know how to use it. They want to equip you. And so here's what you do. Go to alignedmortgage.com. Ask for Ronnie. Tell him Shane sent you. And they will do the rest. They're amazing. They will help you out. Finally, guys, if this speaks to you, please uh, leave a comment. Like, give a thumbs up to the video if you're watching on YouTube. And if you have dealt with suicidal ideations or thoughts or attempts and um, God has set you free, let us know in the comments. What has God done? How, how did he set you free? I would love to just read all of those because it means so much to me. And on the flip side, if you're struggling right now, I want you to comment and just say, that's me. Listen, there is no shame in the way that you might feel or, or uh, being under some type of demonic oppression. I want to tell you, there is absolutely no shame. The enemy's plan is to isolate you, to keep you quiet, so that you won't share this with anyone, because he wants you to bear this burden alone. And the Bible teaches us that um, iron sharpens iron for one, and that brothers and, and, and sisters, they, they sharpen each other and they bear each other's burdens. This is what it's all about. And uh, another wonderful thing is that even though we have humans in our life that are amazing and they want to help us and all of these things, there is no one like Jesus Christ. And anyone who's worth anything will point you to him instead of pointing you back to themselves. And so I want you to know that um, even through my teachings on the podcast, I pray that above all, above you subscribing and following and, and listening to all the episodes, which I, I'm thankful for, I hope that they empower you and equip you to seek Jesus on your own. Like this podcast is called Pursuing Jesus. It's not Pursuing Shane. And I'm, I feel like emotional for some reason just saying this because I don't want anyone to ever rely on Shane. I don't want anyone to ever put all of their investment in me. I want you to know that Jesus Christ is the only answer. And my goal in all of these episodes is to give you a godly perspective and push you to go seek God on your own. Amen? Awesome. Well, guys, let's get into this. I said this earlier. Earlier. I said it like a minute ago. Suicide is 100% preventable because it is about a person taking their own life. You are in charge of your own life. No one, has, no one can make you commit suicide. You have the ability. And I totally believe that um, people are going to be getting free just listening to this, just hearing some truths. You do not have to end your life. And in fact, you shouldn't. You see, suicide comes from an utter lack of hope. From overwhelming hopelessness, I've been in that place. I haven't, um, you know, uh, carried out any attempts or anything like that. But there was about a seven-month season in 2015 after my best friend died. And that was kind of just the cherry on top of a, a hard couple of years. Mixed in with bad decisions that I'd made. And that just compounded on everything. Maybe some of you know what I'm talking about. Where you make some bad decisions... And then also horrible things happen in your life. And when those combine, you begin to feel like life is never going to get better. You begin to lose sight of hope. You begin to lose sight of God in the midst of your trial. And you only see and hear what the enemy is showing you and what he's telling you. 
And I want you to know this, that um, the enemy is the one who is prophesying over you that your life will never get better. The enemy is the one who is speaking over you and saying, your life, it's awful. It would be better off if you weren't here. Um, It's never going to get better. Too much has happened. You've done too much. You've tarnished your name. You've ruined your reputation. Um, You'll never recover from this. You've hurt too many people. Fill in the blank. How many of you have heard those lies from the enemy before? I remember when I was in that season and I just felt like, how could this get any worse? I don't want, and I didn't have a positive outlook like, well, it can't get any worse. You know, I was just thinking, I am in so much pain. My heart is so broken. My life feels a mess. I don't know what to do. I would just feel better if I wasn't even here. And that's a lie. I felt like if I was just dead, I wouldn't have to think. I wouldn't have to do whatever. And you know what? That could sound appealing to you in a moment. But you cannot believe the lie that your life will be better ended, that the world would be better if you weren't here, and that it is some type of relief to end your life. I've done an episode on this before, and I will link it in this podcast, but I don't know that if you were to end your own life that you would go to heaven. Not because it's a sin, because we know as Christians, all of our sins have been forgiven by God. But there is this layered uh, approach that I've begun to take regarding suicide. And, And this is basically it. Jesus said, he who endures to the end shall be saved. And the Bible talks about um, not departing from the faith. Colossians 1, I quote it all the time, but it says we're holy, blameless, and righteous in the sight of God, if indeed you continue in the faith. And so my argument is this. If you end your life, you are not continuing in the faith. You're tapping out. And so I don't even believe there is a comfort to say, well, if I end my life, at least I'll go be with Jesus. You can't endure in the faith if you quit the faith, if you quit life. You see, you can't keep trusting Jesus for your life if you take your own life. That's the angle I would look at this from. I want to come at this from a gentle side and from a truth side. I don't want anyone here to get the idea that, well, if I just end my life, at least I'll be with Jesus. You don't know that. The Bible is not clear about suicide, and we don't have anyone from the other side to tell us which way. All we have are biblical principles about enduring in your faith. And let me just ask you, can you endure if you quit? It's impossible. Those two things oppose each other. Think about it like this. You can't endure a tough season in a sport If you quit the sport, if you quit halfway through, you're not enduring the people who stayed on the team and went to practice and all of the hard work that they put in and all of the, the games and the matches and the meets they endured. If you quit, you didn't endure. You chose to stop enduring. So when it comes to your faith, can you truly say you're enduring until the end? If you bring about your own end, I pray that that is just a sobering moment for anyone who is thinking, it would just be calmer and more peaceful if I leave. I don't, I don't know that it would be. I firmly and personally don't believe that it would be. 
I believe that it would be worse. Now, here's the the main root issue with suicide. I said it. It's a lack of hope. When you see no way of life getting better, you see life as something that needs to come to an end. Well, who is telling you that life will never get better? You see, you don't actually want to be dead. You just want your life to get better. You want the pain to stop. You, you want to feel like the sun is coming out and breaking through the heavy clouds over your life. Tell me if I'm wrong, but this is the truth. You don't want to be dead. You just want a better life. Well, I reached a place where I thought I had messed my life up so much, not in, not in ways that you might think. My career was going great. I was liked. I had friends. I had all that stuff. I had money. I had all that. But I was a wreck in my heart and in my mind. And one of the worst places to be stuck in is in your own mind, in your own head. And I've done many teachings on this about the war in your head. That can be overcome through the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, God took my life and he gave me a brand new life. This is, I believe, 2 Corinthians. It says that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Behold, old things have passed away. All things have become new. That means that when you give your life to Jesus, you are an absolutely brand new creation. And that you are now holy and blameless and righteous in his sight. You are loved by him. He is your father. You are his son. You are his daughter. And he is pleased with you. Hebrews 12.2 says that you were the joy that was set before him. The Bible says that it pleased God to bruise his son, to bruise Jesus, to put Jesus on the cross. It pleased God because he knew that he was getting you in exchange. Now, this may be comforting to an unbeliever, but what if you are like I was? What if you are a believer and you're struggling with thoughts of suicide? Then I want to encourage you to understand one thing. You are believing a lie. That's all it is. You're hearing a lie. Maybe you're feeling it. How many of you know that emotions are very real, but they are horrible leaders? And so you might be feeling like everything around you is lost. Maybe you have made giant mistakes. You've had failures. You've done this or that. That is not the end of your story. How many people in the Bible did things that we'd never be able to come back from? I mean, King David, he commits adultery. She gets pregnant. Then to try to cover it up, he he tries to get the husband, when he comes back from war, to sleep with the woman so that they will think the pregnancy is a result of the husband and wife coming together. He won't do it. And so David has him go out on the front lines to be killed, which he is killed, and that would make David a murderer, to cover up for his adultery. How do you come back from that? Repentance. God, being the Father, David recognizing his sin, his failures, his shortcomings, and saying, Lord, I've made a mess. Please restore my heart. Bring me back to the joy of my salvation. Make me whole again. I'm so sorry for what I've done. If that's you, if you've committed some sins or you've done some things that have put you in this place where you feel like there's too much to bear, I I need to end my life. Take Take a passage out of the Bible and see what happened in the lives of these men and women even who have made 
horrible mistakes that God has redeemed because God is a redeemer. God is not asking you to live a perfect life. He calls you to walk like Jesus, which is in perfection. But God knows that we cannot be perfect in and of ourselves, and that is why there is grace. Now, grace doesn't give us an excuse to sin, but grace pulls us out of a pit. And today, if you're listening to my voice and this message is resonating with you, you might be in need of receiving the grace and mercy of God. I want you to know something. Yes, there's no excuse for sin. I should say no, there's no excuse for sin. There's no justification for sin. Sin is sin. Sin is missing the mark. But there is grace for you. That doesn't have to be your story. You're not stuck in the decisions that you've made. Maybe the opinions of man will try to paint you in a certain way because of what you've done. Maybe man will judge you. But know this, as a Christian, God is looking at far more than some decisions that you've made. You see, your life is a, is a road that you're walking. You're either on the narrow path or you're on the wide road of destruction. The point is that you continue walking. David did not get up, give up after he made these horrible mistakes and committed these awful sins. Guess what? God didn't give up on him either. He actually redeemed his life and used him in mighty ways even after. And guess what? In Hebrews 11, I believe, which is considered the hall of faith, David is not called an adulterer or a murderer. He is remembered as a man after God's own heart. Why? Because even after he messed up, his heart was to be restored and repent and follow the Lord once more. May that be your portion today, that you would stop looking at the things that you've done and letting them define you. And would you begin to move on from them and say, Lord, I'm taking full accountability and responsibility. I have done these things. I have fallen short, but I believe in your grace. I believe in your mercy. I believe in the forgiveness of sins by the blood of the cross, and I'm asking you, God, restore me back to the joy of my salvation. God, would you see me through this this trial, this tribulation, these circumstances that I'm in? God, would you renew in me a clean heart? heart. Make my spirit pure again. Help my mind to be renewed so that I can see you clearly and that I can continue to walk on this narrow path. I will not allow the enemy to lie to me and tell me that I'm worthless now and that I'm never going to do anything and that I've messed up too much and that I should just kill myself. God, I believe that you are the redeemer of all things and you can redeem the rest of my life. Come on, that's where freedom happens right there. Now, maybe you're in a different circumstance as we begin to wrap this up. Maybe you haven't made a mess of your life, but life has has absolutely been cruel to you. Maybe you've lost people. Maybe you've been abused. Maybe you've been victimized in so many other ways. And the enemy is just painting this identity on you as a victim, as the receiver of just bad things and nothing else. Can I encourage you? Jesus wasn't a victim. Jesus was unjustly killed in the most gruesome way in human history for something that he didn't do. He was perfect, and yet he was brutally killed. But he wasn't a victim. Now, how can I say that? Because a victim is an identity that you take on. 
Jesus actually was able to hang on the cross and say, forgive them, Lord, they don't know what they're doing. Because the Bible says, if you don't love, it means you don't know God. And I want to encourage you, even in a small way, even if it's 1% today, to begin to ask God to show you. Show you what his plan for your life is. Show you how to respond to the horrible things that have happened to you from his perspective. Ask God to show you how to hurt for people instead of because of people. Ask God to make you an overcomer instead of a victim. Ask God to give you a glimmer of hope in the midst of your hopelessness. The Bible says that he breaks the heavy yoke of bondage. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I ask God for the Holy Spirit to come right now and begin to touch and speak to every person listening who desperately needs freedom. I even want you to just invite the Holy Spirit into your life, into your room right now. Say, Holy Spirit, please come and fill me afresh. Speak to me. Show me what you have for my life. Begin to be honest with the Lord. The Bible says that the, the, the yoke of Jesus is easy and that his burden is light. Come to me, all who are heavy laden. That's what Jesus is saying. Who, who, all of you who are weary, who are tired, who are worn out by the things that life has brought their way. Let me tell you that Jesus is a man of his word. And that you can come to him with all of your baggage. You can sit on your bed and you can say, Lord Jesus, I have gone through so much. My heart is so broken into many pieces. I'm so weighed down by the things that have happened to me. My mind feels messed up. My heart is just, I can't even think straight. I feel like there's a, a dark cloud over me everywhere I go. You can talk to Jesus like this, but then begin to speak truth. But Lord, your word says that you give rest to your beloved, that your yoke is easy, your burden is light. I'm asking you to remove this yoke that I have on me and give me yours. I'm asking you to remove the burden of my life and give me your burden. Lord, I'm asking you to show me the way that you see, and I reject the way that I see and the way the enemy wants me to see, which is hopelessness and fear and anxiety and depression leading me to these intrusive thoughts of ending my life. And then I want you to say this in faith. God, I don't want to end my life. I just want you to have my life. I don't want to end my life. God, I want you to have my life. It's powerful when you make a declaration, even in the face of just awful circumstances, and you say, Lord, I have so many intrusive thoughts, I have so many even fleshly desires to just tap out and get out of here, but I'm choosing by faith, day by day, to follow you in your word, because your word says that you have a plan and a purpose for my life, and maybe right now I can't see it, but I believe that you're going to show it to me. I believe I'm on this earth for a reason, and it wasn't to kill myself. You are going to use me in some way, and God, I will spend the rest of my life dedicated to following you and to finding out the purpose of why I was put here on this earth, and it wasn't to be a victim. When you begin to talk to God like that, things change. 
when you begin to break the yoke of bondage and, and tear down the strongholds of lies over your life that it won't ever get better, that's when things change. Now, practically speaking, as we wrap up, it's important to talk to someone in person. I hope that I serve as a resource for you, but it cannot, uh, it cannot replace face-to-face interaction. Get with a spirit-filled Christian counselor. You don't need to see a secular psychologist. Psychology is the study of fallen man. Psychologists around the world are doing the best they can to study a fallen man. They don't, they don't have in mind the things of God and the renewed mind and the renewed body and the, the covenant that comes through the blood of Jesus Christ and what it means to be spiritual. They don't study that. They study Adam. Adam is a dead, fallen man, sinful in nature. You're only going to get so far. You need a spirit-filled Christian counselor or therapist. You should talk to your pastor in the meantime. Talk to a, a leader. If you're a youth, talk to your youth pastor. Talk to a parent. Talk to someone. Do not be alone. Also, there is a resource. Uh, one of my best friends, he has an organization called Stay Here, and it is dedicated to seeing a generation become suicide-free. There are tools. There are hotlines. 24-7, you can talk to someone. Go to stayhere.live on the internet. Stayhere.live. There's someone waiting to talk to you if you need to talk right now. I just believe that God is going to uh, move heavily in the hearts and minds of every person who watched this. I pray that the the prayers um, that I prayed earlier in this ministered to you and that things are beginning to shift in your life. Please send me emails or messages or whatever if God is moving in your life, leave comments on YouTube. If things are happening to you during this video, I strongly believe that this video is going to be used to set so many people free. And because of that, I'm asking you one thing. Would you consider sharing it? We're not, we're not going to talk about partnership today or any of that stuff. None of that's important right now. Please share this video. If you know someone who's struggling with intrusive thoughts of suicide or has attempted suicide, someone has expressed that they feel lonely or depressed or hopeless, please send them this video. I believe that God will move mightily in their heart and mind, and they will be set free in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, thanks so much for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.